What's up, world? You are now listening to the Power Post Game Report, where we recap each and every episode of Power Book 2 Ghost. I, of course, am one of your hosts, Triple D, and with me, as always, is... Carlos D. What's up, man? How you holding up, man? Can't complain. Another week in the books. Another uh, epi- uh-huh. seven episodes of this. Back at it again, so I can't complain, man. How about yourself? Doing the same, man. Trying to make it through this... Uh, this is COVID world, which, uh, if you'd let the world tell it, we might be exiting or, or at least beginning the process to exiting um, with uh, this quote unquote vaccine being released to the public in some parts of the world, like New Zealand being COVID free. Who knows? Maybe there is a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel that has been what was labeled 2020. Um, man. But, uh, you know. That's for another podcast. That's for another rant session. We're here to talk about Power Book 2 Ghost Season 1, Episode 7, Sex Week. Um, initial thoughts going into this episode? Uh, this was a pretty good episode. Um, I think I had some stuff that was kind of building into a big finale that's going to come up over the next couple of weeks. Um, so some of it was kind of build up, mm-hmm. and this, um, some of the stuff was just kind of um, just 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 quality stuff that kept the story from last week going strong. So I enjoyed it um, for the most part. Uh, I give it a solid B plus. Um, I will tell you okay. in full disclosure because um, I know we're gonna get into like the details of each episode. I literally did not watch any episode with a professor that did not an episode scene with a professor that not, oh did not include Tariq. I fast forwarded through it, and I'm not joking. I'm not doing it just to be funny. I literally, if if Tariq was not in the scene that they were in the classroom with Tariq when it started, I fast forwarded through the scene. So you got to handle those all on your own. I do not know what happened with any of those. You're making me work too hard. Um, I told you I'm you not boycotting it. You don't. Okay, well, you must not be watching next episode because Jabari seems to be a big part of next week's episode. Well, we, well, You're we, not going to make me record this by myself. We'll see. We'll <laughs> so see. You have to, this week I couldn't do it. You have to pay attention next week. I'm going to try. Um. I'm telling you, this week I didn't do it. So this week, the the overarching theme was uh, based on the the, the title, Sex Week, um, where this uh, <laughs> this fictional um, this fictional school of Stansfield has a tradition that began with uh, sex education devolving into Let's Get It On Week, where yeah, students debauchery. can just bust up into a classroom. Huh? I said, just turn it to debauchery. Just all yeah. out, people having a That's, good time. People can bust up into your classroom and throw condoms all around, and and the the the, the faculty appears to just be defeated because um they don't seem to be that standoffish about it. But you know, TV, what are you gonna do? You uh you ready to dive into this one? Yeah, man, let's get it. All right, so this episode kicks off with probably one of the uh, in theory, a very well executed robbery going horribly, horribly wrong. Um, Kane, fresh off of his disciplining with his father, uh, decides to link up with his own little crew of uh, hoodlums to rob a church. Like, setting the tone of this episode real crazy. I was like, as soon as I saw it, I was like, these dudes are about to rob his church. Please don't tell me you're about to rob his church. They're robbing the church. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think of this scene before I get into my thoughts? About uh, it? You know, for one, I, I think the church, they kind of made it seem like the church was kind of bad. 
about a conversation that the I guess the past and the other guy was having about how much money they, how happy they were to be taking in so much money and how preaching about going to the uh, hell makes people open their pockets up a little bit more. So I didn't feel that bad about them robbing the church. Uh, just my comments on some of the stuff is like, uh, what's up with Kane's mask? He had the COVID mask. Literally half of his face was was uncovered. The whole top half of his face. So I don't know what he was thinking he was doing. Um, his GS9 boys uh, was taking off gloves. That they, that GTG. Clearly, what is it? GTG? GTG. G GS9 yeah, is which a real was, game in yeah. New York. Well, yeah. yeah. Um, but I'm saying they yeah. taking off gloves, showing their tats and everything. So the uh, and then they let the witness get away and then shot one of their own boys. So while it seemed yeah. like it was a good idea in theory, and they were pulling off the beginning part of the robbery well, uh, of course it all went to F. Even though they still end up getting away with the money. So what was your thoughts on that? Um, I didn't I didn't pick up on the conversation that heavy between the the pastor and I guess I don't know maybe. Uh, dink and count them up um but I, I didn't pick up on that because like the whole time i'm just thinking because i saw the you know on the next episode of power thing that mm -hmm. you know the there's a robbery going down and my, my whole thought was just like they're not going to rob this church so i didn't even really pick up on that so you know if you're saying that's how it went down uh yeah yeah i don't feel too bad for these do for, for these two but um yeah it was wild it's like sometimes power does things that are it's just blatantly dumb but they have to do it for a reason um i think it would have made more sense to have one of the robbers just not be wearing gloves but to have him intentionally take off one glove mm -hmm. before he snatches a chain and starts taking money it's just like okay you you know just silly. do a little better mm -hmm. um but i thought like i also thought i was like okay so after what the events of the previous episode, it's like, okay, so what is Kane going to do? And I, I thought it was smart that he went to the GTG guys because they're already afraid of him. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was probably nothing for him to go, you know, you, 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 and you, y'all with me, and we're going to go do this work. Plus, they're those, you know, the loudmouth types that want to get into action anyway, so it probably wasn't that hard to convince them. Um, then I saw there was someone in the comments help us out with this. Um is it normal for churches to have ATMs? I'm not a regular church goer. I, I was wondering, I thought he was taking them to a safe. He definitely took them to an ATM and had him unlock it, um, which I thought was interesting. Because I, I, I didn't know. You sure I wasn't a safe? Because he put like a code no, I was in an everything. ATM. Oh, man, got to watch it. Uh -uh, he had a key. Oh, okay. Yeah, he had a key. And like he unlocked it, and which I thought was interesting because I always thought that like only the ATM companies had those keys. Um, but. But now that you mention it, if they had janky church, I guess yeah, <laughs> that I wouldn't be too uh, beneath them. I definitely ain't going uh, to church yeah. with an ATM in the lobby, though. So I'm I not going to church. Was, I was like, oh, at yeah. all. But I'm definitely ain't going to no church with an ATM. That'd be my first thing to turn around. I would definitely look a little sideways. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, horrible. Like he he had the worst luck. It's like I'm glad that Tommy's team was at least competent. Um, these dudes were, were terrible. Like you, you miss one dude and shoot your own boy, and let him get away. Uh, yeah, it just he he needs he needs to uh, hire out to the same LinkedIn account Dre used to get his last minute crew together. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that scene gives way to uh, our intro to quote unquote sex week, and um, a nice funny scene. It was funny. I was wondering about this before I watched the episode. Like, whatever happened to other black dude that wasn't Richard um, in their class? And uh, you get a quick little glimpse of him. 
trying to trying to shoot a little a little mini shot at Bruce Andrea, mm-hmm. uh, which he is immediately sh- shut down. Uh, <laughs> it was pretty funny. Uh, what did you think of that scene, which pretty much gives way to the announcement of who would be receiving the um the fellowship? Uh, for one, I'm 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 liking uh, Bruce Andrea more and more. I like how they give her a little bit of comic mm-hmm. uh, comedy effect. Um, you know, that's kind of her role. Maybe it'll expand a little bit more as time goes on. But I like when she get her little comments off. They always make me laugh. Um, as far as the scene itself, especially the part I didn't understand was when they announced that the five highest GPAs would, you know, be in the running for this um, internship. But this is the first semester. So how do they have GPAs? How do any of them have any type of GPA? So they already was throwing me off with that. And I try to ignore like the stupid stuff on the show. But if it's the first semester of freshman year, when did they get any grades that they could be eligible for a GPA contest? That made me upset. Um, and that's the biggest thing the thing I take away um, other than Bruce Chandra with the funny scene from this particular scene was like, what are you talking about? Ain't no GPAs yet. Uh, we don't got no grades. Um, so what's your thoughts on that, on the scene itself? Um, I wasn't too hung up on the GPA thing. I did like the fact and the surprise that Tariq did not get to be a part of this fellowship. Um, also, on top of that, Bruce Andrea did. So I thought that was pretty interesting that, like, not only does he, this this would have been that golden ticket thing um, for him, which I'm kind of glad he didn't get because, you know, it was a real heavy focal point in those first two episodes. I got to get this fellowship, this fellowship, yeah. this fellowship. And then, you know, he goes to the dinner and everything. Doesn't get it. So he he's probably going to have to do the whole four years of college. Um, yeah. I wasn't as shocked. I wasn't that shocked by that because of the fact that uh, that uh, they show all of his academic struggles to begin with. He got like an F on a paper. He got like a um, yeah. He was always late for class, so you know, it, it, he got caught out about three times for not reading the book. So I wasn't shocked that he wasn't like one of the top five. Um, I do think they might find a way to kind of weasel him into it at, at some point. Or, you know, flip some type of script where he does get an opportunity to get into the top five. Um, but they might just want to kind of drag the show out anyway. I mean, the only rush for him getting out of college, that, that seems like it would be the end of the show. Um, you know, at that point, he if he gets all the ghost's money, the inheritance, what does he need to sell drugs anymore for? So it seems like that. Well, they've been trying to paint. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, before this, they, they were painting this picture sure that he he wanted to um which again bad continuity because now he he does seem to be in his character has evolved more into like necessity rather than the want to be a drug kingpin um so again that's that's the writers of the first series uh betraying him and his character and i guess you could say this series writers actually building up a, a solid character um. So, yeah, uh, you, you you're absolutely right. He definitely like thing that he didn't get the magic ticket this early. Um, but like you said, there's there's probably gonna be some shenanigans around the corner. Um, so we got to talk real quick about probably one of the funniest scenes. Uh, y'all look like two raw chicken cutlets in that bed. Mm-hmm. Uh. <laughs> Riley and Braden uh, getting getting to it early. I did 
although I didn't enjoy, you know, what led to the conversation because, you know, not about seeing minors getting it on. But I did like the fact that they made the comment about how at a very young age, most men are not educated well on um, the female body mm-hmm. and it's 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 anatomy. So I like that they kind of they briefly touched on that a little bit. Um, and we also get to read, you know, like, yo, what is she doing here? Um with everything that's going on, like this is the last place she needs to be. What did you think about that quick scene leading into the Tejada house? Uh, I mean, I liked it. I like the fact that Tariqa stopped being shy about not wanting her constantly around. Um, and I think at some point you do got to set those boundaries with a roommate. Um, if you, I mean, because you share in a room. It's, it's not just this one person's room. And I understand you got your girl. You want to be with your lady. Um, but at some point, I, I got to be able to feel comfortable in my own room as well. So I like how Tariq was like finally and and not just to Brayden, but in yeah. front of Riley as well. Like, I don't want you around here. I don't like you. You're around here too much. Stop coming around so much. So I like how he was blunt and forward with it. Um, and then, of course, the, the chicken cutlet scene was uh, comment was one of the funniest lines of the show. I feel like this um, episode had a lot of sneaky, funny lines. So that was real cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so just to touch on it real quick, because I'm assuming you fast forwarded it. Uh, we had our brief meeting between the professors. Um, this dude, Jabari, is hands down the worst, uh, which you'll hear me say a few more times throughout this episode, this recap. Um, he I, I initially after the last episode and for the most part, the beginning of this episode, I, I just looked at Professor Milgram as like coming back from the hiatus says like I just want to be a good character that's all I want and you know you can't be mad at them this is they're doing what the writers put in front of them um but I this her her interaction with him of like no we don't need to hang out in here we don't need to catch up on old times you want to help me help me write these cards um on your own time bring them back to me here um I just want to be a good character and Jabari clearly not wanting that he wants to continue down the path of being uh, going down in history of one of the history's most recently hated characters. And he's doing a pretty good job. Uh, so meanwhile, at the Tejada house, it's time to re-up on a product. And Kane is still in the wind after the, the events of last episode, I, you know, knocking Monet down to the ground and whatnot. Um, we found at this point that at least three days have passed. And uh, Monet needs her other kids to step up uh, for part of this this process. Um, and again, we see that these two are clearly not about this. Um, what did you think of that scene going into her calling, um, calling Lorenzo in jail and, uh, just trying to figure out what happened to Kane? Like I said, I think it was more and more evident that, uh, D and Drew just want to be teenagers. All they came about is like being goofy teenagers, goofing around with their brother and sister. And like this drug thing is like secondary to them. It's like something that their mom forces them to do and they live with her and she kind of supports them. So they have to do it. But you can see they much rather be off goofing off, uh, you know, talking to boys and girls um, as opposed to having anything to do with it. Um, so, so, you know, I do like how Mona is showing kind of some concern for Kane after the situation that happened. Um, she doesn't know he was beat. But she does know that her son, her oldest son, has been gone for three days, and that's just not like him. Um, and in the lifestyle they live in, anything could have happened to him. So I like that she's showing some concern 
Um, but I, I you know, I'm right. not crazy about the fact that she's forcing these other two who just clearly, and they, I don't know if the, I'm pretty sure they're doing it on purpose because every time they're talking, they're like talking about like goofy stuff. You know, they're never talking about business or the streets. They're just talking about like boyfriends or who they like and yada, yada, yada. Things that normal t- late teen- teenagers and um, early 20s will be doing. Um, so what'd you think of it? Pretty much the same. Like she she's doing everything. Like they're pretty much employees to her. She, she don't care about none of that. Um, which, you know, kids are going to want to be kids and whatnot. Uh, you you pretty much touched on it, um, Lorenzo. Obviously, like not being up front with her. I mean, he he told the truth to a degree mm-hmm. that like you know he told them to respect. He told Kane to respect her and you know get in line. But obviously, he withheld the part about him getting uh, beaten up um, by his his muscle. Right. Uh, so it at some point, well, and as we see towards the end, it it does come to light. Um. So from there, we get a quick scene in back at the dorms where uh, we, we see Zeke. I don't think we've seen Zeke in like maybe two, possibly three episodes. Um, we hadn't seen Bash in maybe four or five episodes since his introduction, mm-hmm. uh, where he's pretty much putting the squeeze on Tariq like, look, you're you're getting orders, but you're not fulfilling them. It's like, right. well, we don't have product, um, which, I mean, it's a good but also bad problem to have. Um, they're just waiting on the restock. It happens in stores all the time. Uh, do you, any thoughts on um, Zeke's return and um, Bash no. popping up? I mean, the Zeke thing was pretty much the thing we've seen from him a bunch of times, where Tariq is yelling at him about not not pulling his his side of the agreement. Where it's like, okay, I'm mm-hmm. doing your work for you, but you still got to be available for me so I can get it to you. Um, you can't be like missing an action because you're chasing down girls and stuff. Um, I just need you to be more reliable since all you literally do is come to school to have fun. I'm doing all your work for you. Right. Um, so, you know, right. I like how Tariq stays on him about all that type of stuff. Um, and as far as um, Mr. Mr. Stein, Mr. I, I got him written down as Mr. Stein, Mr. Stern. Because uh, I can't remember. His, mm-hmm. what, what's his name? The um, Stern. Uh, he calls him Bash. Okay, yeah. But I think it's like short for Bash or something like that. Oh, but Bash. Yeah. Um, you know, I like, like I said, like I said he popped up out of nowhere. Uh, I don't know why he's so worried about it. Like he's not getting his part of the profits, or he's threatening to go to Stern about it. Um, but it's a good reminder that he was there and that he was the one to help to reset up the whole thing. Um, but they they have issues yeah. with what a lot of people have, you know, high demand, um, with limited supplies. And when you're not making a product yourself, you always going to struggle sometimes with supply issues. So that's just what they're going through right now. Right. And that seemed like uh, seemed to be a theme throughout the rest of the episode. When it comes to Tariq's yeah. business, it's clearly doing well, um, but it might be a little bit too well for the operation he got so far. Yeah, I also like the little the little tidbit that apparently uh, Simon Stern was the one who pretty much kicked off the whole sex week thing mm-hmm. because, of course, yeah, you know, of I course, mean, he it into was a him. lot of stuff, a lot of fun, you yeah, know, fun situations. I think he was, you know, so not surprising at all. Yeah. So uh, we get our our opposite of the dream team, uh, Sax and Davis, having their quick meeting. Uh, they need to get someone who can, to a degree, clear Tasha, um, but 
isn't going to cause too many waves. Right. And uh, we get Paz coming in to get a check real quick. Um, Sachs pretty much trying to courteously tell her that, like, yo, you got to you have to testify. And Paz rightfully wanting no more to do with uh, with the with the St. Patrick family. Um, any any thoughts on that quick scene? Nah, it was just like a quick one. I mean, I, we'll get more to like the courtroom stuff, uh, which is really, you know, with Paz shined in this episode, um, but nothing in this one. This was kind of uh, just Sax playing a heavy hand on her to like, hey, basically you got to cooperate mm-hmm. uh, or I'll subpoena you. So it wasn't much going on. But I was surprised to see her. I thought we had really lo- had seen the last of Paz um, yeah. on the last show. Ended. I didn't really see a place for her. Um, but we see she did kind of play a major role in this particular episode. And whether Tasha might be innocent yeah. or guilty. And I think we might get one or two more pop ups, um, just for the simple fact that like I don't think we're fully done with book one until this case is done. Right. Um, and we've seen because, that we've you know, seen these with two are dots bit. that still need to be connected. Yeah, we saw it with two exactly. bit pop back up. We saw it with um, pause. They mentioned Bruber uh what you call him? Burberry Q. Um, and I think we see, a, you know, Epiphany will be coming back in uh-huh. some kind of role in the episodes to come as well. So we'll yeah. see what that happens with her. But um, like yeah. I said before, I'm still so, ready for the, um, I'm still ready the, for the courtroom to uh, kind of wrap up. Like I, 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 for, at this point, I felt like yeah. they're going to drag out. Yeah. They're going to drag out episode ten because I think you with you um, had a theory that they might finish it in this episode, uh, but we clearly didn't see the end of the, the courtroom in this. Yeah, episode. I, boy, they was I wrong. Out. <laughs> I was super wrong. Yeah, and uh honestly it was based off of how um how the 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 preview on the on the next episode preview was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um it they kind of really built up that that courtroom one of the courtroom scenes and that was, I was like I think they might be finishing this up. But no, I like you said I think they're that's going to be the big ending point for for episode 10. Yeah. Um in in the meantime we get a quick little epi- we get a quick little visit um, Diana has an idea of where Kane's been hiding out, and I didn't look it up, but I'm wondering if that was the same girl from the party where we first get introduced to the Tejada family. Oh, yeah, um, I didn't look even in the order, like yeah, the girls in the bathroom with yeah, yeah, it's quite possible. Plus, uh, the guy she was with is no longer with us, mm-hmm. so <laughs> she he's not an, he's not an issue anymore. Right. Um, what did you think of that? I thought that was a really a nice kind of a nicely acted scene what did you think of that uh it was pretty good I, i'm I, you know just start from the start of, um the start of the scene i feel like d had a great line where the, um the girl tried to deny came was the home and she basically said um she had a well she had like a capri sun in her hand and she was like i know he here because yeah. the only thing you can afford and the only thing you got on that you can afford is that juice in your hand so that was kind of funny um <laughs> but it was a good scene i i, I think it showed that um D really does care about her brother. Um, and I think it showed mm-hmm. that he got from D what he has been wanting from Monet. And that's just to feel appreciated and that his worth to the family is high. The fact that she had to track him down to come because they had this big meeting or the big re-up coming. Um, and he took that very serious. I think um, I think it was a strong, a strong scene that showed that they do really got each other's back when it comes to one important family things, even though they may be bickering and fighting a little bit. Yeah, um, fully agree. I thought that was I thought it was very well done. Um, 
that's a, I, again i i don't have any siblings like I, I i was curious like is that a thing where girls will be standoffish with your sisters just because they think they got you like that because i thought that was kind of wild i was like she came looking for her brother like i she knows he there like why would you be that standoffish but i don't know how those things work i ain't got no siblings yeah, or anything like that i ain't never been in nothing like that um but yeah we get we get a real quick scene between um Tariq and Braden which i thought was really good um that he doesn't not only want Riley not around because she's annoying which he he expresses um and she is super annoying but like he he made it clear like yo you and your brother got kidnapped simply for being in this room mm-hmm. like you don't want her you don't want that to happen to her, do you? And it was a very smart and real point. Like, yeah, he don't, he he definitely doesn't like her, but he wouldn't want anything to happen to her um, for the simple fact that, like, that's going to bring more heat to them. Right. Um, any thoughts on that scene before we go to no, Drew I, trying to enjoy his sandwich? I think it was just, like you said, um, Tariq using his rational mind to, like, kind of let Brayton know, look, it's not just mm-hmm. about me hating on you or mad at, you know, your girl is a little bit annoying. We did some serious stuff. And you literally just got kidnapped. And it wasn't like a story of somebody else that happened to somebody else. Literally, you and your brother were kidnapped from this room at gunpoint. Do you really want her to be up in this room all the time when you know that these people are nuts and will do anything? Or you or you don't know what they might do? Um, so I, I like how Tariq tried to be rational, um, even though he mm-hmm. ends up having to kind of go even more extreme to kind of get rid of Riley as, the, as this episode goes on. Yeah, so we get a, a quick scene back at the Tejada house. Um, D reporting her her findings. She knows where Kane is. She's convinced him to be at the at the drop. Um, business supposedly is back on as usual, um, but doing it in a way that's a little bold. Um, she's not telling Monet where he uh, where Kane is, mm-hmm. and she's she a little cocky with it. Like her her points were valid that Kane clearly doesn't trust anyone in the house. Um, he doesn't trust her. He doesn't trust her, her his father. Um, so it should be. I, I guess it's got to be her. But a little too big for her britches. Um, and we see Monet is she's she's realizing that she is not as in control as she used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, we also get <laughs> Drew getting pressed out trying to make his sandwich. <laughs> which I thought was funny because she walks up on him, puts the lettuce on for him. And then when Drew gets a chance to bounce, he dips, he leaves all, all the rest of the ingredients on the table right. um, and gets up out of there. what did you think of that scene? He didn't get a chance to eat his sandwich. Look like he's making a turkey sandwich right. too. Um, like I said, I, I, I like the scene, especially like um, D in the scene, Diana. I like how she kind of like um, let it be known that, yo, I found him. But I'm going to respect his wishes of that he don't want her to be in his house right now or want you to know where he is. But I did get the commitment to it. And I think Monet um, begrudgingly gave her a little respect off of that. Um, you know, she didn't yeah. say it in words, of course, but I think it, in the way of her actions that she didn't press her harder or that she didn't force her to tell her um, like she has mo- uh, made her do in the past. Like in other episodes early in the season, she has pressed her harder. Uh, for information that she may know about. And this one, she just kind of let it be known that, okay, I respect that you made a nice move for the family. You are kind of guaranteeing that your brother's going to be there. And I'm going to respect that you have enough handle over the situation 
um, that what you say is going to be the truth. So I, I, I think she get she mm-hmm. earned a little respect with her mom with that particular scene. I can feel that. So um, I, I stated earlier that um, I really feel like after the the hiatus break, maybe the writers were putting Professor Milgram in a position where she just wants to be a good character. And then that immediately went out the window in the next episode where she is having sex with Zeke. Excuse me, the next scene where she is mm-hmm. having sex with Zeke. Damn it, Professor Milgram. What are you doing? Why is this still a thing? But she clearly has issues that they're not going to address on this show because she's not important enough a character. Um, but interestingly enough, Zeke is really in his feelings over her. He wants her to meet Monet, which I don't know why um, she would go for that because clearly um, she knows she's a professor and you trying to have a, a, a pro career. This is just bad. Like, that's just not smart. I, I don't know why you would think this is a good idea to, to try and attempt to go partially public with this. Um she tells him, like, look, you... Well, no, it actually comes up later, but we might as well get that out of the way. You, this is... She even is, well, as wrong as she knows this is, she knows it's even wronger to try and go public with this. And tells him, like, you need to go to that party tonight and look like who you who you appear to be. Um, any thoughts on that scene? I didn't watch it. Uh, as soon as, I watched the pod from the beginning when they were having sex. As soon as the sex ended, I didn't watch anything else. I'm telling you, I'm not lying about this. I skipped any scene that Tariq's not in involved those professors I have not watched. I did not watch it in this episode. I'm being dead Dude, honest. You're not going to make this a 30-minute episode next week. <laughs> no, I mean, if, if it's like integral to the plot, I'll, I'll stick into it. But like literally, I knew her and Zeke having a scene together wasn't going to do nothing for me. So I honestly skipped it. So if you say that's what happened, I believe you. I did not watch it. In, uh, the problem she was riding him, I kind of got a little titillated. I was like, okay. But then as soon as the sex was over, I, I fast forwarded through the scene. I just skipped through. Oh, my God. I... Uh, meanwhile, back at the dorm, uh, we have Trace, who has been scared straight, uh, actually showing some concern for his brother and um, trying to, you know, uh, they don't, I, I don't know. I, I've, you did dorms when you were in college? Uh, yeah, beginning, yeah. Did you did you just have your your room randomly unlocked? Oh no, I don't lock. I don't leave any. Because Caspi busting up into these people's dorm rooms like no. it's a sitcom. I locked all doors as soon as I went into any room. Yeah, I, he so he busts up into their room looking for his brother. Yeah, he he busts up into their room looking for his brother, and I'm glad that Tariq is also aware that product is missing that he mm-hmm. took it. So I'm I'm glad he pressed him out about that. Um, I'm also glad that he uh, he told him like although Trace is a horrible person he's not a uh, he's not a terrible big brother um, he's like look I don't want my my brother in on whatever craziness you got going on right now um, so please let him out of this and Tariq being the the slight psychopath slight sociopath that he is he's like I have an alibi um, so if anything happens uh, regarding that night I'm clear you guys are out. I was here. You can ask Riley. And that's where we get the call back to the birthday party, which I'm glad that was not a one-off incident. I'm glad that Riley's actions in this scene begin to come back to haunt her. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I, it, nothing, it didn't really sit well with me in that episode that she really drugged this dude and kind of got off scot-free 
And I'm glad that this episode, karma has kind of caught back up to her. Um, any particular thoughts on this this scene? Nah, I, mean, I think you covered it pretty well. The only the thing I'm saying, is, um, I was, you know, no, no. The only thing I would say is that um, I'm surprised Sarik knows so little about what happened in that thing, and he really thinks he was just drunk off of that one drink. Um, so I'm, I'm surprised he hasn't questioned more about being drugged. Like I understand he think he a lightweight, but he was really, really messed up that he doesn't even remember Riley even being in a room with him. It it took Trace to tell him um, to even think that she was in a room with him. So I I, I want to see what, how they kind of explore that a little bit more. I'm also trying to I'm, I'm intrigued to see what they do with this Trace guy because he's you know threatening to go to police and threatening to tell. And I thought he would have learned his lessons from last week. And I think Tariq may have done enough by telling him, look, clearly these people don't care as they run up in the room to get you. And they clearly got cops on the payroll because the cops let you go so easily. But I'm, but I don't think that's going, I don't think this is the end of Trace either threatening to or somehow blowing up their spot down the line. So I want to see what they're going to do with Trace. Yeah. Um, very interesting development with him. Like he's definitely going to end up being a loose end at some point, one way or another. Um, so uh, I'm assuming you, you fast forwarded the next scene, which was, uh, Professor Milgram instructing yeah. Zeke to go take a shower. My notes say um, skip the professor's and then scene doing... That's all I got written down. <laughs> all right. Well, real quick, we got Jabari being the worst yet again. Um, really trying to like press this, this unwanted reconnection. Um, and then just like being irrationally aggressive about it which again I because I know how the internet works I hope they don't ruin this brother's career because he's doing what's asked of him in the writing um, you know what that's like um, people hated <laughs> Danny Glover for years off of the color purple uh, and, and so forth and so on um, but we get the the beginning of what's eventually going to blow up he takes the, the cards that he was asked to put on her desk, he brings them to her and um, he he takes up Tariq's, which who knows what was on, originally on the other side and writes something else. And this gives way to the lesson for the week of the 48 Laws of Power, where essentially this book is about, depending on your, your perspective, it's about tactics and manipulation to get what you want. Mm -hmm. Um they've all been given a card and they all have to it's a seat the card contains a secret and with that secret they have to find that they find that the partner up with someone and have to find out that secret one way or another by any means necessary um Tariq's has obviously been changed um i initially i was like well how does she not know what's on the other side of these cards but i guess that's a way to to kind of control the experiment so if she doesn't know um i guess that, that makes it a little more authentic so i guess it was while it shouldn't have been him helping her with the project um i could see her had given this given these cards to someone else to have them do um what did you think of just the the discussion of the book in relation to what's happening in the show with manipulation and it being about business as opposed to you know some of the stuff being ethical uh, yeah, I think I think the, um, the students actually had a pretty good discussion about it as to um, you can use that book kind of for whatever you wanted to use it for. 
Uh, one girl said she wanted to use it for like to help the good. I think it was the white girl. She wanted to help like the good of the world with it. Mm -hmm. Tariq said it was a great business tool t um, tactic. I think uh, Bruchandria said something about. Um, ah, I'm, I'm spacing right now, but I think they all gave kind of a, a pretty good insight. And this this is kind of what I do like about the show as far as the college aspect of it. And I like that it's not just all just selling drugs and um, you know shooting people and killing people and all that. But I like I do like to have the the aspect of you know. Mm -hmm. There is a thing in higher education where you kind of like learn things and apply it to like a real world things. School ain't just about goofing off and having fun. There are, there are also some good life lessons that you can get out of um, college if they kind of, you know, if you got the right teachers and things like that. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it was a cool scene. I think it hopefully will get some people to actually go read the book because um, I think you can't learn some good life lessons from that mm -hmm. book as well. Um, and it's not just about like, you know, tricking people into doing stuff for you, um, but like just help you get to goals that you want. Um, so read, go read the Forty Eight Laws of Power. It's uh, it's okay. It's a decent read. That's just uh, my promotion. <laughs> uh, so <clears throat> this scene gives way to Lauren's room, where she just cuts close. Like, look, I need an A, so I can um get <laughs> get this fellowship because I'm a, I'm an actual finalist. Um, and Therese's like, nah, I need a I need better grades. Right. And again. We have someone randomly just bust up into the room. All right, no knocking, no condoms. Oh no, no knocking. Here's some condoms. condoms. I thought you were talking about the um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The boyfriend. Yeah. I forgot about yeah, because he guy. left it. He left. He left the door unlocked, and this right. is where it's just like a like kind of bad writing. Um, he threw like hold on, real quick. Only, he threw like handfuls, thousands <laughs> of condoms at them. It was like, bruh, you ain't gonna have no more to pass out if you if you throwing that many of each one you go into. Now, granted, they was in the middle of some flirtatious type stuff when he did it. But damn, that was a lot of comments, my brother. Right, and and on top of that, it, it, this gives way to just bad writing because one, they don't close the door. Two, she immediately just straddles him. Right, and I'm just like, well, we know how this is gonna go. You knew this how this was gonna go before um, Malcolm even stepped foot into the shot. I was just like, could you could you make it a little less obvious? Because it's like Lauren set herself up for this right. one. Um, but again, not her, you, the writing. You know, you're like in a flirtatious mood, even if it's somebody that you haven't like hooked up with. You do, you can get into some fun play fighting like that, especially if y'all got like a little sexual. I don't know if, uh, if this happened to you, but I've had yeah, yeah, without like a doubt, happen, where you know, I don't, you just get I don't doubt that at all. I, yeah, I don't doubt that at all. But like, you didn't at least check the door. I don't even think they was paying attention to the fact because even when the guy bust in, I feel like once he like was out of the not actively throwing stuff at him. They just kind of got back to the flirtatious mood they was in. That they didn't kind of go and you know shut the door. They just kind of was like effing around because they didn't. They're not expecting nobody else to bust in the room after somebody bust into it. But you know, but that, that's what I'm saying. Like the door was open, like the door was wide open. People are just walking by, right. and that's what made me like this is this was a recipe for disaster to begin with. But um, we get we get enters Malcolm, uh, possibly for the last time. Uh, who must have the lightest class schedule ever? Because right. as Tariq said, don't you go to school in DC? Right, always How are you up always there? up here, bro. <laughs> yeah, he just come in being a little creep by the phone. We got a cell phone out, taking pictures. For one, I'm sorry if if I come into a room and my girl straddling another dude, I'm not gonna be that calm. He was way too calm. And then two, he just started taking pictures like a little creepy, like. Wouldn't you just be upset that your woman is like all over top of another guy? 
as opposed to be like, Lauren, what are you doing? Like he was just too square. He was like, I think too calm. That's I think that's like again that's writing and I think that's his character. He's supposed to be the guy that's so worried about respectability politics that he he doesn't act irrationally, and I think that's that's the character he's supposed to be, because in in real life no, um, no he he tries to jack up Jamal, and uh, get him up out of the room, mm-hmm. um, but she again she put herself in this situation. Um, and then proceeds to break up with him. Um, Tariq can't seem to catch a break <laughs> when it comes to these girls. Nope. Uh, but that that might be a good thing. I swear, literally every time he gets close is, to getting some action, somebody even knock on the door, somebody get shot, somebody... It's, <laughs> this boy, he, he the only one doing sex week that ain't getting no sex because he can't catch no break when it comes to hooking up with no ladies. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say... Yeah, I was going to say that comment for the end because he definitely leaves the week with an L. Um, but hey, <laughs> because he didn't get the fellowship, he's got three more years to try. Yeah. Um, so he goes, and this this was kind of strange, but like he goes, so Brayden texts him in mm-hmm. the classroom to meet while his girl is in class. And I, I don't just... Does Tariq go to look for her, or does he go to meet Brayden and happens to see her? That's the mm. part I couldn't figure out. Yeah, I couldn't follow it like, that well he either. He just happened to be out. No, because he made like, it seem like he was supposed to be meeting Brayden in that spot he was in, like he because he was like I'm on the way, yeah. and he was like bet, and then he happened to see Riley coming from wherever she. And I still don't. I, I'm confused. Does she go to their school, or does she go to another school? Because they they not making that clear at all. I think. I think the text said NYU. Like, oh, okay. I think she was supposed to be going to school at NYU. But yeah, it really did seem like he was supposed to be meeting with him. But at the same time, and we, we, we skipped over a main part, but when he meet, when Brayden comes back to the room later, it's almost like they never met. Right. Which I thought was really weird. Because, well, you know, cause... he just comes back to the room like, yo, what's up? But yeah, go ahead. Now I'm saying because he went from, they were supposed to be meeting so he hopped on the tra- on the train to follow Riley. So he texted him, "We need to talk," like and just forgot about the part that they were supposed to be meeting them again with. Like it was a whole uh, new circumstances. So uh, they didn't they didn't really lay that out good for us as the viewer because they didn't really no. connect the dots. Speaking of connecting the dots, it happens. Tariq finally figures out how Riley came into their lives. Um, he follows her to a, a a a court hearing and connects the dots that she is the niece of one Cooper Sachs um, and then returns back to the dorm. And at this point, I thought he was just going to lay it out on the line. This was another one of those scenarios where I was just like, why are you lying? Mm-hmm. Like he's partially telling the truth. He, he tells a partial truth. But like, why not just tell Braden? your girl's uncle is trying to jam up my family. Like, I don't understand why he doesn't just say that. Instead, what he does is he, he does a move. He tries to pull a move that his dad would have pulled. And, and it's, it's a move. He, his dad would have easily pulled on Tommy. Like that's exactly the, the dynamic of what happened next. Um, because it's almost, it's similar to what happened with Holly 
or he's just like, look, your your girl is shady um, and you need to get rid of her. Um, obviously, different, slight different scenarios, but like definitely echoing back to that. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think of that? Yeah, I, I, mean, I was on the same And the fact that Braden doesn't go for it. I was on the same uh, train of thought as you. It's like, why would you lie about uh, um, her trying to sleep with you when you had a much better excuse? Well, not excuse. The truth was better than the fiction. And the truth is, you guys want to be drug dealers and your girlfriend is family members with a United States attorney. Like that, I feel like that would have been yeah. enough to, if Brayden has any sense to keep her away from them. Um, so when he went with the elaborate lie that she tried to hook up with him, um, I just didn't understand it. I guess the only the only thing you can justify is that he wants to keep Brayden out of that part of his business. Like he doesn't need Brayden knowing that he is all you know, you know, possibly under scrutiny or um, that he could be under investigation because then that might sh- you know scare Brayden from even wanting to still be his partner. Um, so maybe that's the only thing I can think of is something like that. Um, but he yeah. pretty took a gamble with that because like Brayden is his boy, but you know this seems like Brayden's first girl and you can get sprung off that first piece real easy. Yeah. So, so without having no real evidence and also having this back history of. You don't like her. You're trying to find a way to get rid of her. And this happened, you know, in the story weeks ago or maybe even a month ago. And now you're just telling me this. I can see how Braden will be like, nah, that ain't true. It seemed kind of fishy. I mean, I, I guess you don't like her, but damn, you can go to these extremes to do it. Um, so I like how yeah. it kind of blew up in his yeah. face because Tariq has had a pretty easy um, way of lying to people um, and just kind of getting away with it. So it was good to see at least one person challenge him and be like, nah, bro, I'm not feeling you saying that, um, and I don't believe you. Yeah. Um, so the next scene with Jabari actually had Tariq in it. Did you watch it? Uh, yeah, this is when he, uh, the extra credit, right? Okay. Yeah, I watched it. You, you start If, if, if Tariq is one. in the scene, I'll watch it. <laughs> um, so, you know, Jabari was just being his creepy self, uh, um, and I figured it must have tied back to the scene that I had skipped because he kept. I, I'm assuming he thinks that the professor's having a, an affair with Tariq um, as yes. opposed to Zeke because he was asking about the Knicks and sports. And I had never seen Tariq even talk about sports or look at no sports in this entire show. Um, and Tariq was just like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? And, but, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, so he offers them the extra credit. And this is when he, um, you know, we find out later that he really. I don't know if he was trying to trip Tariq up with the card or was it really his ultimate goal to, that it got back to the professor? Um, because this is when he gives him the card. No, no, he, I'll take it back. He already had the secret. He already, knew, I'm, he already I'm, had I'm the sure. card. Yeah, he this is when he it. gave him the extra credit opportunity um, to write about, um, what do you say? Write about a love life, your He's, love life. And I need some details. So I guess he can't how, treat snitch. Not necessarily his, his love life, but like his his ideals on power in regards to relationship. Right. He's pretty much like you're gonna write my next few chapters for me. Um, that's pretty much what it what it all led up to. Right. Is without telling him, was like you're gonna help me write my next book. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was super creepy the way he pressed out Tariq. Like they like they were still together, which was just like they're the furthest thing from it. Um, and this is another one of those things where it's just like they the writers made a bad character even worse um because it's just like this dude he's he's almost unnaturally creepy um 
at this point. And it's just like, there's no real reason for this dude to be going this hard. Like, yeah. I mean, in a real-world scenario, someone would have called the police on this dude by now. Because this is, this is too much. This is way too much. I don't know. He's real weird. Um, what were you about to say? No, I'm just saying he's a weirdo. Yeah. That's all. He just, I guess they just make, they want him to be as weird as possible. And he has succeeded yeah. in that. So we get the trial. Right. And it's like the slowest trial ever. They yeah. call it like one witness a day. So we, we, we go back to trial. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, Tasha has no poker face whatsoever. <laughs> Jesus. No. Every time something weird happens, she's all like, oh. Big to everything. And I don't know if that's an actor's choice or what. She's fidgeting. Yes, yeah, she's grabbing her, her lawyer. Her her eyes her eyes are all she over. She's gulping place. water. Um But you know who is funny? There's a <laughs> Right. Can't sit still. Um what is funny is if you ever get a chance to go back and watch it, there's a black lady juror on the first row. She has this reaction. <laughs> she has a couple facial reactions in there that that I couldn't help but <laughs> but notice and it was hilarious. But we get the the testimony of Paz Valdez. And without even going too far into detail, um, this this was supposed to be pretty cut and dry. Um, and again, you are not supposed to root for sex. I don't necessarily feel for sex. But this dude is in the worst possible position. Because again, he knows the truth that Tasha is not responsible for this. But he is in the, the, the political, in between a political rock and a hard place. And has to turn up the heat on Paz. Um, and between what he his test his excuse me his interrogation of Paz or excuse me his what is it an examination of Paz and Davis's um, examination of Paz his cross examination she did, Paz did not deserve any of this like I felt bad for Paz in this one she they really brought her back the character more so uh, the actress got a check good for her but they brought that character back just to pretty much build her up and then make her look stupid on the stand. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's messed up. Her character didn't deserve this. She was she was off, living it up. Things were good. She had her nail salon. Poppy was in the home. Uh, her son was off at school because we know from that episode, that's all he wanted. He didn't care about nothing else. Um, I didn't think Paz deserved to be pretty much roasted like this. Um, what did you think of this scene? And pretty much how even under pressure, Davis keeps a clip up his sleeve. Right. No, I think it was. A, I think it was a good scene. I think um, they uh-huh. did a good job in the beginning. I think Sax did a, a great job of setting up this storyline that because by the end of it, you don't know who really to believe. I mean, cause even though they only they both talk to the same person, it's just crazy how Sax set it up perfectly that Tasha could be the queen pin. How Tasha's the only one that's left out of all the other people involved. Angela's dead. Ghost is dead. Tommy is on the run. And who's the one common denominator that was connected to all these people? And had you, you know, you being paused and paused, believing everything she said, whether it be the truth or not. Um, so Sass did a great job of opening it up. And I think Davis came back just as strong, if not a little bit stronger, and flipping the table and actually doing his job and defending his client, um, which is what he should be doing and not cutting like what a weird side deals with Sacks. Um, so I think. Right. Um, it, it left Paz testimony hurt Tasha a lot in the beginning, but I also think Davis did enough to maybe kind of got the jury wondering like what really is the truth. 
because they both set up beautiful pictures as to mm-hmm. um, how Tasha could, on one hand, really be the master behind master mind behind all this, or on the other hand, how Paz might not be might not be in nothing but a person who got paid off and is now trying to do something to um, save that paycheck. Uh, so it was. I, I really enjoyed mm-hmm. the scene. I think it was a nice balance. Um, some of the stuff would not fly in a real courtroom, um, but you know we not this, we not legal experts, so we don't, we know we gonna let them just keep their show the way it is. Um, but I liked it. Good scene, and um, uh, you know yeah. I'm enjoying. Like I said, I'm tired. Uh, I'm ready for the Tasha thing to be over, but I'm also kind of enjoying a little bit of this um, Davis because I want to. I want. I would like to keep Davis around as a proctor kind of guy. But I don't know if that exists in the world after Tasha's trial is over. I don't know if Tariq still would need him. Um, so it'd be interesting to see how they're going to keep him involved, if they keep him involved uh, into season two and three, if he gets to that point. Mm-hmm. To a degree, he can't afford Davis without the drug money. So um, I don't think he could, he could maybe, who knows, maybe, Davis gets caught up and Tariq helps him out. And that's how he, he finds his way into the Proctor role. Um, but yeah, uh, definitely agree. Very strong scene Two backstabbing lawyers. Um, and yeah, for Davis to pull out the, the Trump card that like, yeah, you who bought that nail salon with money from Mr. St. Patrick's will. So how you going to say that, uh, Tasha killed him? Um, but yeah, like you said, everything you said is, is right on the money. Like he, he definitely saved it. Uh, so we get a quick scene where Kane's karma catches up to him and gets picked up. Um, it, I'm going to say that maybe cause even though he had on a COVID mask, he's just another black dude from the eyes up. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to say that whichever one of the GTG dudes that got popped probably gave Kane up. Um, oh, yeah. That's the only thing that kind of makes sense because Kane's yeah Kane doesn't have without with the exception of you know his eyes like you can't really that's not enough to give a, a valid description on so I think the the tattoo from the ridiculously exposed hand right. um, caught back up to them and that's how he gets picked up um, conveniently on his way to the drop because you know you need well they know him by name attention so that kind of gives away the uh, thing meanwhile back on you know, campus my bad. What do you mean? I'm not saying they knew, like they knew Kane by name. Like, how else would they know his name if somebody didn't yeah. tell them the name? Like, like even if the preacher gave like a oh, great yeah. description of the guy, they not gonna be able to just go pick up a guy for half a face. But the fact that it was like, hey, Kane, um, Tahada, we 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 want to take you in for questioning. Uh, I'm I'm assuming one of the G, what is it, the GTG guy snitched on him, like you said. So my bad, I didn't mean to cut yeah. you off. Go to the, we can go to the next scene. Oh no 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 no, you're good, you're good. Uh, we get a quick continuation of Scared Straight Trace. Um, again, this this luckily works out for Tariq that he corroborates the Riley aspect mm-hmm. of it. Um, and it was also kind of interesting um, that as douchey as his brother's been, he was actually honest about that. Um, you know, because it, it initially starts off with like, look, you need to get away from him, which grand scheme, uh, yes, that Tariq and him are boys, but, you know, the... He's clearly in some dangerous stuff, and mm-hmm. it makes perfect sense that his brother would want him away from it. Um, but for him to vouch for him on the fact that Riley was no good was was interesting, and it was kind of like out of the uh, out of the norm 
for what I would have expected out of that character. Like I expected him to, to try and drive the wedge even clo- like even more between them with that knowledge. Like, nah, he did it on purpose or whatever. He, he got with her on purpose. He was like, no, she definitely drugged him and was on top of him. Right. Um, so I thought that was interesting and also convenient that it, 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 it worked out in Tariq's favor um, right. when he could have just told the, the truth. Um, so in the midst of this, between Takane getting picked up and Braden finding out the truth, um, we get Diana freaking out because Kane's not where he's supposed to be and texts Tariq. And Tariq, being the somewhat stand-up guy is, you know, decides to come through. Well, what did you think of those two scenes leading into the drop scene? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, the Braden thing, I didn't. it's good that he backed him up, but it's also weird that if he really thought his brother's girlfriend was hooking up with another guy, why did he wait so long to tell him? And why did it take this circumstance to do True. it? So I feel like that's kind of some lazy writing there. Like, if he cared that much about his brother's well-being and feelings, I feel like that's something you tell somebody immediately. You don't let your brother just keep hooking up with a chick uh, knowing that he might be banging a roommate. Um, so that was, you know, like I said, a little bit lazy writing on there. Uh, and then, well, go ahead. Real quick, the only... The only possible explanation, and again, this is me doing the work for them. Before, before their adventure on last last episode, he's a douchey older brother. Um, he he simply, you know, up until that point, he really didn't care about Brayden. Because um, mm. if you remember, at that same party, before he finds Tariq, like he hits on on Riley. Oh yeah, true. Remember, like yeah. he was like, "Ain't no fun at Thomas can't have none." So like, he was probably just. Like, oh, my brother's into some dumb stuff with him and his roommate or or him and or because actually, if you remember um, when when he goes to to Tariq in the beginning of the episode, he's like, I don't know what kind of weird thing you and my brother have going on with that girl. He thought that they he probably might have thought they were sharing her. Oh, OK. And it wasn't until, you know, it wasn't until, you know, their their wild night out, their guys night out. That uh, he's like, yeah, nah, you need to get away from him. And maybe that was the, you know, the trigger, the scared point, <laughs> scared straight point for him to flip. But go ahead, my bad. Oh no, 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 that's all I have to say about that. And then the other problems you said was just, um, you know, D calling in Reek and Reek, um, being crazy enough to go to a drug pickup. It's like I feel like these people just don't do enough to separate themselves from, um. Uh, like touching product, I feel like Monet I, would would not be at the pickup herself. I feel like she yeah. would have a soldier or something to do it. And I get Kane is a yeah. soldier, but I feel like even if Kane is her right hand man, there will be some layers. And so Tariq just agreeing readily to go to not just pick up his pl- supply of drug, but uh, to also help get all the Tahada supply of drug. It seemed kind of a little bit far fetched. I don't think Tariq would be dumb enough to do it. But you know, alas, he yeah, went. It was. Yeah, it's definitely kind of thrown together. Um, also, Tariq, I, I don't know. I think he, it, they show how smart he is, but also, like, he's a little too trusting. Like, because girls be just be going through his stuff between Riley and Diana. Like, they just be going through his stuff. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's nothing. He, he's forever leaving she, his stuff. He definitely went through open. his bag. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I get, you know. He, and it's like her third time going through his bag. She been, she yeah. stayed going to his bag. So she found the condoms, which that sucks for him because, I mean, granted, he's a he's a young man, single, 
he, you know, he's carrying protection. That's not a bad thing. Um, but also, if she knew about what was going on on campus, the condoms are pretty much raining from the skies these days. Mm-hmm. Um, but then she finds the card, and we see what's on the card. Um, so it's interesting what her point of view is with finding that out, uh, that a professor is sleeping with a student, um, and his name is written on the front of the card. Uh, but we get we get a really nice conversation where he's he, he's actually putting his cards on the table and being honest. Not like, yo, my life is screwed up right now. And like, I'm not trying to like play you or anything like that. Um, but things are really hot right now. And I'd rather you not get too involved, which I thought was a good touch. Um, and we get Diana um, again going against saying what she said, what she had said. Um, yeah, she's, she's still feeling the boy. Mm-hmm. And uh, we get some, some making out, which clearly not the right time. But what did you think about that and the, uh, the, the drug transaction going on upstairs? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, who, who makes out in the middle of a, for one, what is that role even there? Because well, they just downstairs chilling when they're supposed to be helping, with, helping Monet out, but they literally doing nothing to help her out. They're just talking about their feelings and kissing. Meanwhile, DC Joe um, and Monet getting into an argument because Monet wants all the pills she can get, but I guess they're not moving coke like they used to on the street, so she only wants half the coke ship. Um, and, and to me, I'm on I'm on DC Joe's side a little bit, and not just because I'm from DC and I'm assuming he is too. Um, but like, if I if we have an agreement, <laughs> you know, I was gonna ask. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. If we have an agreement, right, and uh-huh. especially in drugs, and I say, you say, this is my order. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't wait till I get to the drop and then all of a sudden want to change the terms of the deal. I feel like right. that's some bad business. I feel like you're acting right. funny. And then, go ahead. And then be mad aggressive with it, too. Right. It's like, well, the deal's changed and I ain't going to give it to you. Whoa, hold right. on there, buckaroo. And, and I think he was like, just being honest. He was Go like, ahead. look, my boss said this is what it is. She was like, call him. He's like, no, I'm not calling nobody. We had an agreement. I bought you your product. Uh, I'm giving you all your product. If you want to take half the Coke, that's your business. But I'm leaving with all my money. And like, Monet just only knows one speed. She And I see what Kane gets it because she yeah. goes straight to just full on attack mode. Bitch, I ain't giving you, you know, she didn't say these exact words, but basically, bitch, I'm not giving you shit. You're going to do what I say because I'm a Monet Tahada and I run this. And DC Joe was like, yeah, you run your mouth. And he pulled that knife on her. And, of course, they get to fighting. Um, and so, once again, Tariq's makeout session is broken up by another makeout session for Tariq interrupt. Right. <laughs> so, you know, I, I mean, DC Joe and, and Monet was getting it in. Poor kid. Um. And, um, you know, Monet was beating D.C. Joe ass, to be honest. So I don't really want him to be from D.C. because he was kind of getting his ass whooped um, by a lady. And not that ladies can't beat up a guy, but she was kind of beating his ass. Um, also, I didn't understand why D.C. Joe would be making such a big drop by yourself. Like, who goes to deliver any type of drugs, uh, uh, especially a large quantity of drugs? Yeah. Enough that he had a, um, a truck. Like, that was his big ass... Um, truck that they put him in it, you know, wants to see enough folds. Um, like, I, I don't understand why he didn't have no type of backup. Um, but DC Joe gets beat up and, you know, gets shot. He takes a bullet from Monet um, because of Tariq distraction. Tariq distracted him enough 
that DC Joe ended up getting a bullet to the chest and then Monet, uh, to the stomach, actually. And then Monet finishes them off right in the middle of the bar. They don't care about loud gunshots. They don't really care about nothing. I guess if you're Tahada, you do whatever you want, whenever you want, and there are no uh, ramifications or consequences to your actions. Clearly not. But, you know, you got any Clearly thoughts on not. the scene, the the interaction? Uh, Nah, you called it. Like, I, maybe he came solo because they've been in business for so long. It's a, you know, he whoever he works for is like, no, nah, you good. They good peoples or whatever, whatever. Maybe. But, yeah, he definitely should have had some backup or something like that. Um, at the very least, you, you got to have a gun, too. Like, you you out of town. You the away team. Like, how do you right. not come with a gun? All he had was a um, knife. He just so happened to have the box cutter because yeah. he opened the box. Yeah. It wasn't even a knife. It was a box cutter. Oh, it was a box cutter. Yeah, but, like, yeah, um, Monet was definitely, huh? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Monet was definitely, like, a little out of line there. It was like, you, you really let this man drive all the way up. That's like that's like if I order from, from DoorDash or something like that. I get wings and wedges. And I go, and you get there, and I'm like, you know what? I'm only going to pay for the wings. Um, but you, you got these wedges, too, and you're going to pay for those, too. Like, nah, uh, I decided that I'm just going to pay for the wings. Um, it's going to be a problem. It's definitely going to be a problem. Uh, now they got to explain, um, well, now nah, they, they covered it up, which we get to. And like you said, this kid, Tariq, he can't, he can't get past first base to save his life, mm-hmm. um, which he almost does later. But, you know, we'll get to that when we get to that. And uh, Monet, ever the Monet, when Tariq comes upstairs, she immediately assumes that um, although they were kind of fooling around downstairs. Right. So I guess she was kind of right in that regard. So well, I mean, clearly it's not your, the sole uh, purpose wasn't so she could make out with her, you know, what a guy she interested right. in. It made no sense. Like you brought him here like she was really like acting weird about it um, when clearly they are in business together and Tariq would want his product. It's because he was hounding Monet about the yeah. product early in the same episode. Um, you know, yeah. A couple of scenes before. But, um, I mean, what, so what, what do you think about, pro- Tari- real quick, what do you think about Tariq's, um, and I don't know if you, I don't remember if they go straight to the scene or not, but the part where Tariq was so readily willing to help them dispose of DC Joe and, and get rid of the body. Uh, well, we might as well discuss that now. Um, I thought that was interesting. Um, at this point, he's already in too deep anyway, so I guess he figured, well, let me at least be helpful in case they decide they they want to get rid of me for whatever random reason. Um, I did think he was a little uncharacteristically eager because I don't think he's gotten, well, no, no, he's never gotten rid of a dead body, but he has, um, he has been a part of cover-ups with, you know, Ray Ray, mm-hmm. you know, with burning the clothes and all that stuff. Um, what did you think of it? Uh, I mean, I thought it was, like I said, I think he was a little bit too eager to, I don't know if he's showing his worth to this family or what. Because one, it's one thing to be selling drugs. It's another thing to start getting rid of bodies. Because then I think you tie yourself too close mm-hmm. to them. Um, especially when, you know, a murder can always come back on you. Um, I do like how he kind of played Drew a little bit when Drew, he was like, he was going to shoot him. Um, and Drew was like, you never shot nobody. And instead of Tariq, like, being boastful, like, yo, I got two bodies. He just kind of kept it like, you know, that may be true. May, or maybe I ain't shot nobody. So I like how he yeah. kind of played that off a little bit. Um, it's it's yeah. good to not to let them know what you're capable of. Because um, then they, may, they might think you are weak in a situation where you really will shoot one of them. And that might be to your advantage down the line. 
Yeah, I, I like that scene for two reasons. Um, one, because uh, it showed that Drew is not completely disconnected from the life. You know, he, he's willing to do what needs to be done. Like he wasn't being like weird or anything about it because we saw um, in either episode two or three where he's going on the, that might be like, I think it was like episode three, where he's going on the, the money pickup with Kane. It's like, he's been around the life. Right. Um, he also helped get rid of also um, see, the uncle. Remember the uncle when they killed the uncle yep. in the bar? He was a part of getting rid of him. Exactly. So I was like, I'm glad, you know, because we haven't, up after that, I don't think we'd seen him fully a part of the life, except for the whole um, Lil Guap situation. But we also see that after he pulls the trigger with the cover-up, um, he has a look on his face as like, I'm, I'm, I'm done with this. I'm over this. Like, I don't want to keep, you know, you can see that he's also tired of this life. Mm-hmm. So, like, I thought that was a good choice. Um, on top of that, although Tariq kind of showed a little bit of bravado of, like, you know, let me do it. Let me shoot him and everything. You see he's still having a hard time coping with it mm-hmm. because, you know, he sees the blood on himself. Um, he gets blood splatter on his face right. um, after that shot. And, like, you see him kind of dealing with that. So, it's like, I'm glad to see that, like, he's he's dealing with it, but at the same time, he's not, like, um, like immune to to afterthoughts of all this. You got anything else on on the cover up scene? Um, nah, no, I think you, we we pretty much hit it good. Okay, so we get a real quick scene of the breakup. Um, I'm gl- like I said earlier, I'm glad that Riley's actions came back to haunt her. Um, and I'm also glad that Uncle Nancy's words rang true. Like, you do not want to get in too deep. She And he told her. Like, he told her, you had one job. You were supposed to get in, get out. She, it was her fault that she stayed in as deep as she and got in as deep as she did. And she she has to deal with, the, you know, she dealt with the fallout. Um, mm-hmm. She got dumped. Um, we haven't seen the last of her just because. Um, so at some point, she will be popping back up, whether it's this season or next season. Uh, but I think... I like that. I like the way Brayden kind of handled it. You know what I mean? Like you, you grimy, which to a degree she is. Um, any thoughts on that quick scene? Nah, I think like I said, the the biggest thing was that um, he he kind of threw something that she said earlier back in his face, like you know, how can you love somebody if you can't be honest with them? And I think he just realized that mm-hmm. even if she really didn't try to sleep with Tariq, something is definitely odd about her. Um, and she is yeah. way too interested in Tariq, um, whether it be the reason that she, she want to have sex with him, like they make it seem like Tariq is making a scene, or for some other reasons, because she just was too involved with asking about Tariq, wondering about Tariq, if she's supposed to really truly want to be with Brayden. So, like, I agree that she, we will see her again, um, but you know, it was not much in the scene. Brayden just kind of stood up for herself and made what he thought was the best move for himself at the time so applaud that man for that mm-hmm. yep. so make uh so you know speaking of making the best moves for himself we get the team up of ramirez and kane uh, uh kane kind of comes clean to ramirez first he he respectfully thanks for him for getting him out of that that situation mm-hmm. which i thought was was a good touch uh but he also lets ramirez know that like look things are happening and me and you are getting forced out. Um, to which Ramirez was like, hold up. I'm the floor manager. Like, 
now nah, we, we about to see about this um they return to the house where you know monet proceeds to try and play him out again and I, at some point this was gonna this was this was gonna blow up in her face you know the whole you his translator thing and all that mm-hmm. and she tells him like look we we took care of everything without you and they both kind of give each other that look like oh like he he remembers him that look like okay so kane's kind of telling the truth this Tariq kid that Ramirez is aware of, he knows about the St. Patrick's, um, is going to be a problem. Um, we also get the scene that uh, Monet connecting the dots of how Kane got those cuts. Mm-hmm. So what did you think of the scene? Um, I, I think this is just kind of the start of more of Kane kind of breaking away from the family and maybe starting his own thing. Um, I, I actually think even the beginning of the scene uh, with the mm-hmm. robbery is showing that it's him getting some type of capital, some type of money where he isn't so dependent on his mom and his dad uh, for his lifestyle um, and him, him trying to like kind of go out on his own. So I think him trying to turn Ramirez or at least get a filler out there to Ramirez that his role may be in jeopardy and it may be better to side with um, Kane long term as opposed to keep just playing this mission with Monet clearly keeps you at arm length and clearly looks at you as a lesser like Monet makes it clear all the time to Ramirez mm-hmm. that he ain't shit to her really in the long term she ain't his wife she's Tahada's wife she's not his, I mean even though she let him get some she not really his lover she just kind of like his boy toy and so whenever she needs something done you know he's at her back and call so I think that's what this is setting mm-hmm. up Kane um you know, putting this negative thing on um, Monet, making it seem like Tariq is the reason why everything is kind of falling apart, even though Tariq is not doing that but really help, but helping them um, because their other means of, like, moving their product had been drying up, um, especially after that big fight they had with the GTGs or whatever they were um, way back in, like, episode, what was that, what, two or three um, when they got in a big fight with them. Um, so I think it's... Uh, yeah. I think it's another stepping stone that's going to lead to some type of really dramatic thing in the finale um, where I can see I don't know if Mary J. Blige or Kane or one of them is going to have something bad happen to them. I, I, I feel like it would be too much to kill off Mary J. Blige like in the first season but I can see something bad happening to Kane where he even gets busted big time or, or he may end up kept being like a casualty mm-hmm. where even Tariq is the one that kill him or something like that where Tariq catches another body but we'll you know we can say that for predictions um, but I think it was a good setup by Kane to let Ramirez knows that his spot might not be as secure and he might want to think about changing teams indeed very well put so we this scene gives way to uh, the end of Tariq's roughest day to date this man had a rough day uh he returns back to the dorm um it's scattered ass all over the place which you know you would think that would excite a young college kid especially a freshman but uh, like we said this kid had a rough day he had a really rough day Mm -hmm. and um he returns to find lauren uh waiting at his room and um He's not super excited about the Q party for one, like I said, his day sucked. And two, um, up until that conversation, she still had a boyfriend. Right. Uh, but she's clearly uh, ready for the come up. 
and you know kind of pleads her case and i thought this was really well done because you know uh she proceeds to to do the lip locking and it looks like for once he's finally going to 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 cross that threshold um the room seems to be his um there doesn't seem to be any real issues that's going to cut him off when you hear the zipper and my first thought is because of what transpires next um he pretty much was like yo here's my here's my card this is why you did this um he flipped it on her mm-hmm. and was just like you, you that's what you came for right and this this is what really sucked for him a little bit for her too but again you know she's newly single she'll be all right um <clears throat> but like i felt bad because i was just like dang like that's a rough way to 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 bring a halt to this and then we find out that he does this because for whatever reason, he still has the bloody shirt on. Why? Why do you come? Why do you bring that back to your dorm? I, yeah. I don't I didn't understand that at all. Uh, that yeah. made no, he had an undershirt on. Yeah. And oh, he, he clearly had a, a jacket Drew. on top. Like, I would have been like, Drew, give me a shirt or something, you know? I. Yeah, I didn't understand that whatsoever why do you bring the bloody shirt back to campus right like what I, did like, you think of that i knew i knew the reason why he kind of just kind of went off on her because of when she was about to open his jacket i figured he still had the bloody shirt on um because his shirt was pretty visibly bloody after he had uh helped drew kind of put the body into the, the the um cargo truck or whatever it was so i knew that was the reason why he did it um i'm shocked that he would like you said you know and they do it's of course it's for tv but I'm shocked that he would keep evidence of somebody's death on his body all the way back to his campus. And I just wish he would have played it off a little bit better. Instead of like blowing up his spot with Lauren yeah. or future spot with Lauren, I would have been like, yo, um, I've been out all day. Can I go freshen up? You know, let me run to the bathroom mm. real quick and then we can come back and get this party started. But for him to just kind of flip on her and make it seem like she's just a piece of gold digging trash. Um, I don't, I don't see how that works in his long-term interests when he clearly has shown that he has feelings for her. Um, I mean, yeah. he also has feelings for Diana too, but he's shown that Lauren is more than just like some, you know, random. He like really likes to engage her in class. He likes to talk to her about intellectual stuff. Um, they've had this flirty thing going on since they basically met. Um, so I didn't like the way that he was so harsh with her. Um, but I guess he had, he thought, in, you know, quick thinking, this is the quickest way to get her out of this room when I'm literally have um, evidence of a murder on my body. So I can understand yeah. it for TV purposes. I, I still kind of don't because it betrays the two issues, the two instances in the first series where he kills Ray Ray and Tasha gives him the speech like, take your clothes off, take a shower. I'm going to, I know what to do with the clothes. I'm going to burn them. Then at the end of the first series, after he shoots ghosts and she goes to give him the same speech, he goes, I know what to do. It's fine. I know what to do this time. This was completely the opposite. Like aside from him, obviously needing a shower or whatever, I still did not understand why he, he kept wearing the shirt. Mm. That's the thing I didn't, that just didn't make any real sense to me. Right. It's like, why would you keep wearing the shirt? Like throw it in a plastic bag or something and then burn it later stash it somewhere off campus you you wore it back through the dorm dude like he clearly cleaned his face off you know what i'm saying because he had the blood spatter from from the uh the staging shot right um that it just weird writing choices that they they can't seem to escape with this new series 
But yeah, it, it definitely sucked for him, for him and for Lauren. Um, so that scene gives way to the end of the the assignment where uh, everybody reveals, you know, their the secret that they found out, and um, a dejected and rightfully so, Lauren, you know, tells tells uh, Professor Milgram that like I think he made his up, and this is this was just like. Uh, kind of bad writing um, or just showing that uh, Jabari is just extremely petty because it's like, dude, you made those cards yourself. You mean to tell me that you went and did fruits and vegetables for everyone else and then you put a bombshell secret on one card? Um, so I, I understood why um, Lauren thought that he made his up. Um, but things have officially hit the fan because even though Lauren doesn't know that this is true, She's now a part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, same with Tariq. Even if he doesn't know that it was true, whether or not um, he's also now involved. Uh, any thoughts on that scene, or nah, once, I don't think I watched <laughs> once he showed up? Okay. Yeah, well, yeah, Jabari shows up. It. Okay. Oh, well, he, he shows up, and she, she, he, he call, she calls him into her office, and is like, it, and it actually doesn't go the way she thought it would. Um, he pretty much was like, "Oh, okay, you finally acting human. Finally, maybe finally we can talk." And she was just like, "No, um, you messed up. Like this is in your handwriting, and if anything, this is an admission of your guilt." Like she she completely handled it like a G. Like this isn't telling on me. This is telling on you, because he is a, a another teacher uh, having sex with a student, and it's in his handwriting. Um. So she tells them, like, you know, you need to get it together, respect my boundaries, and I won't turn you in. Um, honestly, at that point, I was like, well, just go ahead and turn him in so he can be off the show. Um, but it was it was an interesting little little switch. So he's going to be super disgruntled now. Uh, but that, that was pretty much that. So we get the blow up between the janky lawyer partners where Davis borderline kicks in. Sax's door, uh, which impressive because I'm glad they didn't have um, the security does, come escort this, this angry black man access out. Access to uh, AUSA's office, though. You can't just walk into a government building, busting doors open like that. It's it's really bizarre, and he does it all the time. Yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, I thought it was I thought it was funny that Davis actually came in kind of fussing out sacks about him being a liar. It's like, dude, just last episode, you flipped two bit and tanked him. So I was like, no, this was karma catching up back to you. Like sacks, although grimy, he, he kind of owed, you kind of owed him his, his, uh, his get back. And he at least had a backup. He was like, look, you know, I had to do what I had to do because the DNC is scarier than you are, mm-hmm. which if I'm sex, that's as, that's fair. The the DNC is way more terrifying than Davis McLean, um, and uh, he says I got something else. And this was the this because you don't usually watch the previously on Power things, right? Uh, not all the time, though. Okay. Did you watch this one? I watched one from this the next week. Okay. So yeah, they they bring Epiphany back up. And they did it well. They did it right this time because um, last week, you know, they bring up, they bring two bit back up and you see that he's in it within like 
the first 10 minutes of the episode. I like the fact that I, you know, they leave you guessing like, well, how is she going to be a part of this? And they, you don't have an interaction with her at all. Although if we're being honest, I'd rather she had not been in the previously on power thing. Like they kind of need to get away from that. Like, don't give us the hint that this character is coming back. Just let us be shocked. Um, when in, when Tommy inevitably shows up, I hope that's how they do it. Like, don't put him in the previously on power thing. Just let him pop up and shock everybody. Um, so yeah, their plan is to bring Epiphany into the into the to the scene, um, and that was pretty much that scene. Any any real thoughts on that? No, I think you summed it up pretty well. Okay. Um, so the scene kind of, well, not the scene, the, the, the story is, there's maybe like two or three more scenes. Uh, we get Monet laying the law down with Lorenzo and stating the line. That's just further backing up my theory mm-hmm. where she says, Kane, he's mine, which I thought was interesting. Like he's mine as in he's my piece or he's mine, not yours. Um, any thoughts on her pretty much laying down the law and him not really reacting, but more so just kind of hanging up? What did you no, think about that? I, I, like I said, I, th- I just sort of led more to your um, theory that you believe that uh, Lorenzo maybe not be uh, Kane's father because uh, she. I, I, that's the one scene I kind of picked out was like she was really clear in the fact that she's like he's mine, you know, don't let it happen again. Um, as far as you know, him being beat up or him being touched by Lorenzo. So I think it maybe your theory is going to play out in that, uh, you know, maybe she already had a kid before she met Lorenzo and the other two are, you know, her kid, their kids together. Um, so it, it, it's interesting to see because he still, Kane still thinks, if nothing else, that Lorenzo is his father. So maybe it's something that Kane doesn't know about. Um, and I mm-hmm. want, I'll be interested to see if he does find out that Lorenzo isn't his real father. How that changes his respect for Lorenzo and his willing to um, willingness to listen to him. So we'll see how it plays out. But I, I definitely picked up on that line of nothing else in that conversation. That was the biggest thing that came out that conversation. Nice. So we get a quick bro apology. Um, again, I still don't understand why Tariq wouldn't just be honest, but maybe he just doesn't want. Braden to know everything right. that way if Braden does get picked up he doesn't really know much about his uh you know the the issues with his family and all that that mm-hmm. other outside drug mm-hmm. stuff um so I think that I kind of like that that's something that they they kind of have with Braden and Tariq that they can actually have their fallouts and talk to each other as opposed to Tommy and and Ghost where they'd have a fallout and they try to immediately try to kill each other um so i'm kind of i am kind of happy about that that transition and you know uh the bros are back to being bros any any thoughts on that no i just like how they was gonna watch lethal weapon Tariq was like let's watch them lethal weapon odd choice pretty fun (laughs) i mean for young kids it is because that movie probably they they weren't even alive when that movie came out that movie probably was came out like in no way they were alive yeah and they these kids like 18 years old so the fact that they even know what lethal what a lethal weapon is is pretty was interesting to me but like i said it was just two bros who um yeah you know common thing you you fight with your brother sometimes over a lot of different things sometimes it's money sometimes it's women uh, but at the end if you really are truly brothers you find a way to come back to each other and that's all that really happened in this scene i like that they made right. up 
um, you know, both apologize for their roles and their actions or whatever, and they just ready to keep it cool, keep it brotherly, and move on to the next stage. Yeah. So that scene gives away to the final scene of the episode. Pa's coming to visit Tasha and ask her, like, what's up? Like, was all of this a lie? Um, to which I'm glad Tasha was like, no. Like, you you got, without saying it, you got played on the stand in court. Mm-hmm. Um, we're a lot, to, we're, you know, we're pretty similar, both you and I. And Pa's pretty much gives her the, you know, the speech that like, yo, like, you gave me a chance to walk away. Cause I was going to kill him that night. I was, I went to the chill him to kill him and thinking about what you said, like it gave me the, the opportunity to walk away and like you, you obviously didn't kill him. So when are you going to do the same and walk away? It's your turn to walk away. And at first glance, it's like, well, she's definitely not going to turn into Reek because that's the only way she walks away. But I'm wondering, because we know how the writers do on this show, sometimes they will throw a fastball at you and have these characters betray their previous words. Does she go along with something that slightly implicates Tariq, but also gets her out? Because the the way the scene kind of ends, it kind of gives that that thought that like maybe she has a look in her face like, maybe I should do what's best for me. Mm-hmm and get myself out of this jam. But there's only one way to do that. So what did you think about how the how it ended? Right, I mean, I, th- I think it ended on a big question um, with what Paz basically said, hey, if you got a chance to get out of here, you should. And this is really going to come down to, like you said, is, is Tasha willing to do, to sacrifice her son um, to save herself? And, and we've seen Tasha do a lot of things in the sake of saving herself, you know, her shooting Keisha wasn't about saving nobody else but herself. Mm-hmm. Um, her tricking Tommy wasn't about saving nobody but herself. Her basically um, setting a Burberry Q was really about kind of, well, I guess technically, I guess she could have been saving Tariq in that one. But Tasha is shown to be, as much as she talks about wanting to save her family and loving her kids and all that type of stuff, she has done a lot of selfish things that really only benefited her. Um, and so, mm-hmm. you know, facing a needle or facing life imprisonment, is that enough of a motivation for her to finally turn her back on her kid? Um, and I guess only time will tell. Right now, I don't think she's at the point where she's ready to give him up. But if things get desperate enough, um, depending on how the trial goes, you know, will her mind change? So I guess we got to wait and just kind of watch the show um, and see how far she's willing to go, you know, to not spend her life in jail. So I'm interested to see where it's going to go. That's where the episode ends. So, another solid episode. Um, really curious to see how uh, things play out. We got three more episodes left of this particular season. Um, I'm actually a little shocked that they haven't kind of played up the fact that there's... Wait a minute. Yeah, this is episode seven. Um, that they haven't played up that there's only three more episodes left. And I'm, I'm hoping that we either get shocked by the season finale or maybe they they next week they're like maybe next week they play it up a bit more um i hope it doesn't fizzle out uh at the end any thoughts no i mean like i said decent episode i think they have done a good job this season of keeping me engaged keeping the audience kind of engaged um while also introducing a bunch of new characters which can be sometimes tough to do um so i 
for somebody like who was uh, kind of nervous about the show, especially for how bad I thought the final season um, of the original series was, especially those last five episodes, I think they've done a real a good job of writing the ship and keeping me engaged in the show. Um, so I'm, I'm still a fan. I'm gonna keep watching, and I'm, I'm just inter- interested in to see where they finally take us because they got. I feel like they got to give us a real strong season finale to get me hooked to come back. Um, for whenever it comes back, I guess next next summertime. But that's all I got. All right. Uh, again, curious to see what what comes of all this. Um, next week looks a little interesting. Um, I think they're gonna ramp up the action aspect of it a bit more next week. From just from the previous, from the you know the preview of next week, I think we're gonna get a little little more fast paced, um, which seems to be the, the the a bit of the 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 trend uh, um you know the intricate stuff and then some action and then some intricate and then some action um so yeah i was reading online that episode eight is normally a, a good episode we, we've said it a billion times if you're on this episode uh well hey we're gonna find out we're gonna find out together and y'all gonna find out with us um if you're if this is your first time following us uh go get caught back up and that's actually how you'll find out where to find us. Be sure to like, comment, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. You got anything else before we get up out of here? No, just uh, appreciate everybody. Uh, keep up the go. Uh, we'll be back. We're going to finish this out strong. We- Let's go. All right. So, as always, I'm one half of your host, Triple D. And with me, as always, is Carlos D. Till next time. See ya.